This is episode 170 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, Finding the Right Storage Space for Preps, and Can You Survive Below Radar? Off-Grid Tips and Tricks. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, let's go ahead and jump right in for this Tuesday podcast. Our first article comes to us from PrepBlog.com. Again, that's Prep-Blog.com. And the article is entitled, Finding the Right Storage Space for Preps. This is a problem that every, uh, every prepper is going to have and uh, something that we all deal with. So uh, maybe you get some good ideas here. This problem is uniquely prepper. We tend to store all kinds of stuff, including food, water, equipment, bartering items, guns, ammo, and much more. Where do you keep it all? Do you have one big space for everything or divide it up? Should your storage space be locked or hidden or both? Let's dive into this problem. If you have an apartment or a small house or a good-sized house that's just filled to the brim with kids and wives, space is at a premium. You can't wall off half the house or lock down a whole floor of the house, or can you? So the best storage space, storage strategy is going to be divided. A closet here, a cabinet there, some stuff in the attic, and other stuff in the cellar. For closet space, I use 5-gallon buckets with the screw-on lids for a good seal. For food storage, I first fill the bottom of the bucket with table saw. That's, that keeps everything dry, and it's much cheaper than silica gel. Then I stuff as much stuff as I can fit into the bucket and toss it in the back of the closet. Those buckets will also work fine, will also work fine in a cellar as the seal keeps out basement moisture. The shelving at the top of a closet, especially towards the back end, is good for boxes of equipment such as water purification devices. One of my closets also has a set of those plastic stackable drawers. Clothing goes in the upper drawers and supplies in the lower ones. Basically, the harder to reach areas get the supplies that are used least often. Kitchen cabinets can be organized on the same principle. The usual foodstuffs go in the front of the cabinets or in the ones at the most convenient height. Then the back or the deeper of the cabinets and the whole of the the whole of hard to reach ones get the long term storage foods used for prepping. I have a lot of rice and pasta in the back of the deeper cabinets, forming what looks like a wall behind the regular foods, and and there's plenty of cans and jars of food in the lower and upper cabinets too. Attics tend to be hot, so only use the space for stuff that doesn't spoil. You can buy some lightweight lockable bins at Amazon or any hardware store. The locks are not good enough for guns, ammos, or valuables, but they are fine for ordinary equipment such as water purification or gardening tools. Toss a few of those in the attic and fill them up. Then tape a list of the contents contents to the side of each one. Basements tend to have a lot of space. I have a set of plastic shelves along a couple of walls. All kinds of non-perishables can be set up there in full view so you know what you have. Just remember to keep everything off the floor if your basement keeps wet in rainy weather. Gun safes are an unsolved problem in my opinion. 
The big ones are secure but too expensive and heavy. The more affordable ones are too small or not secure enough. Butch C., my co-author here, has one of those big heavy gun safes in his garage. I don't need that much space and can't afford the price tag. Still, looking for the ideal gun cabinet. Butch C. also makes use of the area under one of his stairs for enclosed storage space. It's not needed for ordinary household goods, so it can be filled to the brim with all manner of prepping supplies. An ordinary cabinet lock suffices for this kind of storage. Should you have hidden storage in your home? That's a tough one. Hiding goods is difficult, and the more you wish to hide, the larger the hiding space, which then makes it easier to find. Ideally, you need a couple of small to medium hidden spaces with a secure lock. Again, the ideal locking storage eludes me. It should be difficult to walk away with and hard to break into, but affordable. Good hiding places can be found or made by walking around your home and considering any unused space that is not obviously accessible. Then make it accessible. It takes a little handyman work and a few simple tools, but you can create a hidden closet space and then perhaps place a small safe or lockbox there. I kind of wish I could take over a whole room in the house just for prepping supplies. Then the whole room can be secured. The only additional need then would be some hidden space for a few prepping valuables. But that's not an option in my current house. So I'll be setting up dividing, I'll set up dividing my preps into various places. Um, one of the comments in this article talked about... Uh, for moisture control, you know, salt uh, can be used, but then also uh, something called the Fresh Step uh, brand crystals cat litter is 100% silica gel, and it's $12 for an 8-pound bag. So that might be something interesting. I've never heard that one before. You might want to look into that one. Uh, again, that's called Fresh Step brand crystal cat litter, and it's 100% silica gel. Um, and you can go check out the rest of the comments over here. You know, storage is one of those things, you know, and um, the more you can, the more space you have, the better. Um, you just got to be careful not to become one of those people that just you're hoarding just because, you know, you're hoarding. Uh, you, you always have to have a plan. Uh, you know, I've talked about that recently. I've started a, a new series on Ed That Matters called Survival for the Common Man. And I started, I kicked off my first one, not talking about food, not talking about water, not talking about you know, uh, uh, ammo and, and guns and any of that. The first one, for, you know, when, when I want to help someone who's brand new to prepping, uh, I talked about starting off with a plan. And uh, so you can go over it to Ed That Matters. I'm already on the second uh, article on that series there. But you can go uh, find that very, very easily and, uh, and start from there. And that's where you start off, right? You know, you want to start off with a plan. And so that the things that you're buying, if you're buying, the things that you're storing, are, are going to fall in line with that plan. You don't want to just start buying stuff because it looks cool or anything like that. But like I said, there's always a need for space, no matter where you are, trying to find it in closets, trying to find it in, in, in rooms, uh, you know, in, in any way that you can kind of uh, hide it out in the open, but, you know, make sure that it's hidden, right? So there's so many, uh, so many things out there. And so the, these kind of articles are, are, are great because they get you thinking. Now, uh, one, you know, they did touch on valuables here, like hiding prepper valuables. Um, you can easily look around your house, as part of the suggestion was in the advice here in this article. Look around your, your house and look for areas where 
they look like there'd be there would be common uh, places, right? You know, but no one would really think about looking in there for something valuable. Um, one of the things that you always hear about when people talk about uh, that they've interviewed robbers and thieves and stuff like that. I mean, there's certain places that they go to in in homes, right? They'll go to the master bedroom. They're going to look in the in the the top, uh, you know, uh, drawers of the closet. They're going to uh, they're going to go to look in the or not the closet, the drawers, right? Uh, for for any uh, jewelry and stuff like that. They're going to go to the medicine cabinets. Uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna be looking. They have certain. They're gonna be looking for electronics that are just kind of left out, and uh, they're gonna be in and out very very quickly. So if you have some valuables that you don't want stolen, uh, maybe out in in plain view, or not in plain view, but in you know behind something or inside of something that someone normally wouldn't uh, look into or think that valuables would be uh, hidden there because. A thief is not going to take the time to go look through every little nook and cranny in your house. Um, so that's valuables, right? But you always, in the food is, a, you know, is something that's important. And water, you know, storing food and water is always going to be important. So if you can find places for that, if you can make spaces for that, uh, that's always, it's always a good thing. So um, go check this one out at prepblog.com, finding the right storage space for preps. All right, this next article comes to us from Survivalpedia uh, at survivalpedia.com. And the title is, Can You Survive Below Radar? Off-Grid Tips and Tricks. So there's a lot here. And um, if you're new to prepping, uh, if you, oh, so let me start this way. If you have been prepping for a while, you are going to be like on target with everything probably that is said here. Uh, because not only are you... Uh, you're prepping, but you're probably following along the the Patriot movement. You're probably starting to realize that, man, there's more to it than just you know prepping for the disaster or the crisis. There's a lot of things that that are that, that go into it. If you're new to prepping, this might seem kind of weird for you at first, but but you got to you got to think about it this way. Uh, if you're if you are new to prepping or you're kind of starting to hey um, get interested in it or you know what it, what is this prepping thing about? There's probably something that has uh, piqued your interest, right? Um, the, for whatever reason, the the term prepper or the idea of like hey let me go look at maybe some of these uh, uh, these episodes that are here. They have some interesting titles. There's something in you that's intrigued about what's going on and it's kind of uh, getting you thinking. And as you go, as we, I go through this article, I think you, you probably will start identifying with some of the things that are being said here and uh, you'll start agreeing with them and, and even possibly like, man, yeah, maybe this is why they do what they do. Um, and so it goes a long way around doing that. Uh, it's going to speak to a lot of you, like I said, a lot of you who have been prepping for a while. Um, you're going to identify with this. But then towards the end, middle, towards the end of this article, he gets into some to some things, some strategies that you should be thinking about. So uh, let's go ahead and start this article um, and start reading this one from Survivalpedia. It's called, again, Can You Survive Below Radar? Off-Grid Tips and Tricks. Lately, so many people are getting so fed up with pervasive totalitarian spying on literally everything we say and do that they're wondering whatever happened to the American dream. Add in 
out-of-control greed, municipal intrusions with building code tyranny for exorbitant property tax profits, not to mention a noticeable increase in strangely noisy parasitic neighbors, all combined in a world starting to crumble under the weight of its own violent insanity. Truth be told, is it's even remotely possible anymore to enjoy the wonderful freedom of personal privacy, the peaceful solace that this great land and our precious constitution once held for us. Let's take a closer look at the cold hard reality. It's not what you think. Where did all the freedom go? The sadness of this discussion is that we should not even be having it in a truly free country. The first important revelation here is that we the people screwed up big time in the last generation with our mass passive acquiescence to the government nanny state. We allowed them to brainwash us into relinquishing our rights of self-determination to a point where they now control every facet of our lives in exchange for a specious, uh, specious promise, not even in writing, to take care of us and make us all little happy-faced cherubs bouncing blissfully on Big Daddy government's woo-woo's cushy's knee from cradle to grave. Then they threw us a few bare bones in the dirt and we licked them up like the obedient state-sponsored lapdogs we became. The history is clear, but our own innate weaknesses ultimately caused our own libertarian demise because the mouse never resists the free cheese on the mouse trap. I don't know if we even deserve liberty salvation anymore or whether we can even get it back, but that's another depressing topic. In any case, here's what's left of the whole idea of the grid or off the grid under the radar privacy situation today. First, I hope everybody realizes or at least most liberty-minded patriots that if you want absolute complete privacy from any kind of government or private sector intrusion, it simply does, doesn't exist anymore. Nada, Zippo, Zero, no mas, and all of you, my beloved, let them get away with it. This is because the so-called grid is now everywhere. The grid is now life itself. Therefore, it stands to reason, if one desires to indulge in the solace of private seclusion, one must first escape the dreaded grid itself. Unfortunately, there isn't anywhere to go where the grid ain't. The last nail in the coffin of human privacy, ironically, which replaced the Patriot Act, was the American Freedom Act, which allows the FISA courts and the government dark state agencies to casually violate our Fourth Amendment protections. Toss in ubiquitous surveillance, location, tracking technologies, also Fourth Amendment violating in usage, so advanced that I'd need several more pages to even begin describing them here. Think of it like this. All despotic power elite totalitarian regimes need the same control as farmers have over their cattle. They need to know where they are and what they are doing at all times. The more Big Brother minority reporting the government becomes, the more of a slave you wind up being. So, before we go any further, realize and accept the following as fact. If a government agency or one of its oxymoronic private contractors wants to find you, they will. Unless you just go somewhere so remote and deep in the jungle or mountains and disappear yourself, one way or the other, permanently, which is really an optimal below-radar off-grid style of living, even if they don't get you physically, as in someone like Assange or Snowden, who traded their freedom to travel for a prison sentence by escaping into sanctuary in other countries, they will be tracking every move you make, 
every day of your life and then some. Even Jason Bourne today couldn't evade them or disappear for very long, not with the latest biometric facial recognition and location tracking techniques, not with the specially trained seek and capture teams assisted by inhuman godlike AI computers with seemingly mystical sources of information and telepathic powers. And just by being alive, we all generate some type of electronic trackable footprint. Ironically, the only real effective way to disappear off-grid is to let the government do it for you, just like they recently did with the September 17th illegal street arrest and due process killing disappearances of attorney and activist dissident Andy Ostrowski. Oh, you thought they did that only in Russia. The true history is that the American dark state invented it long, long, invented it along with the formation of the CIA and the Soviet Union merely copied it. Apparently, you've never heard of the infamous Holman Avenue Police Detention Center in Chicago, where it was impossible for your lawyer to find you after you were arrested. Instead of just arranging for you to be an unfortunate victim of an armed robber and shot dead like Hillary's campaign staffer Seth Rich, who some say knew way too much about something that could kill her campaign, still not solved, or a suspicious suicide like Vince Foster, remember that one related to shady Clinton business dealings, still not solved. But if you're merely a vocal dissident with a growing political following, there are less violent tricks of the trade totalitarian authorities use such as simply remove, use such as simply remove you by arranging for you to be picked up for your own safety. Same way they'll eventually get all of our guns as well as the public safety because you are obviously mentally ill if you talk too much toward the government to where it might incite people to vote. There was some recent lawmakers talk about anti-government speech being made into some kind of prohibited law. Then you will be lost in the matrix of bureaucratic red tape, never to be found until they feel like letting you go after their government psychiatrist prescribed sedative drugs they treated you with, left your brain with a little desire to activate over any cause ever again. And you still wonder why so many people have visions of bushcraft homesteading dancing in their heads. Currently, our so-called free society here does have some current and growing levels of below-radar existence if you consider living like an illegal immigrant or a sleeper cell ISIS group or something like that. You could say these are pretty far off-grid, but it would not be in a good way. They cannot step out of their social status into what authorities call going deep dark or lone wolf, which is a misrepresented term. Just to maintain such a meager sustenance, these types of people need others to depend on and things like fake IDs and unreliable associates. Once they do, they're on radar again and the authorities will be hot on their trail. But can I just opt out of society and live my own life the way I want? I'm not a criminal fugitive or anything. I just want to be left alone and live as quietly and privately as possible. Isn't there a way just to be law-abiding but minding my own business and avoid contact with anybody and not be a constant victim of their agenda based for for-profit rip-off abuse on my personal life and money without getting into the all that radical stuff? It depends. One of the advantages in a capitalistic society is that money goes a long way towards fixing personal problems in any venue and any scenario. The, wealthy you, the wealthier you are, the easier it is to disappear and virtually never be bugged by anyone including the government as long as you pay your taxes. On a bare-bones budget, 
level. It's more difficult, but it can't it can be done. But probably the first thing you would need to do is realize that you would have to change your lifestyle and especially your location. And for some, it might be fairly dramatic and emotionally troublesome. But for most, just the sheer inconvenience and work outside of your normal life ritual would be too much of a sticker shock of a life transition and an automatic deterrent. Still, some people have valid reasons to go below radar, off-grid, and often no longer have any choice but would even welcome an escape from a typical 8-to-5 lifestyle with a heavily mortgaged 3-bedroom, 2-car garage, home with 2.5 kids and 1.5 pets. But hurdles would still exist, most, mostly economic, and because of the subculture of literally one-third of the workforce adults barely existing hand-to-mouth from paycheck to paycheck, it is no longer considered a, such a shame to reconsider a major life change. In any case, this requires very pensive rumina rumination because you need to understand what off-grid really means. But let's say you simply can't stand it anymore. You want to cut the twisted umbilical cord to the nanny state womb and you made up your mind that you seriously want to give it a shot anyway. What should we do? Okay, here's the main tricks and tips and flips. Number one, get off the radar screens. If the government or anybody is not looking for you, you won't be found. Remember, they can find anybody if they really want to, but they are not actively looking for everybody. So don't let them target you. Don't buy from form 4473 guns every week. I guess that's don't buy uh, from 4473 guns every week. Buy them privately and, and pay cash. Don't do anything that will make them come after you and you're pretty safe from scrutiny. It's a shame we have to be so defensive like this. But we made our own beds and now have to sleep in them. I still wax fondly reminiscent of the days when they knew they had no business violating our private lives. Now it's big business. However, if you think you're going off the grid and below radar so that you can skip your student loan debt, IRS tax liens, child support payments, etc., then forget about it. All this kind of stuff comes back to your driver's license, especially the new national ID cards once <laughs> the ID cards, ones we all must have now by unconstitutional illegal law. Unless you're hiding primitively up in the mountains like some weird Sasquatch eating grubs, roots, and berries all day and only peddling your bike down the trail every few months for emergency supplies, sooner or later you'll be rudely dragged back into the grid from the remote mountain paradise when some bored sheriff deputy with nothing better to do than check on strangers takes a second glance at you. Number two is become untrackable. This is probably going to be the hardest thing to do to consider yourself really off the grid and it's a lengthy process to untangle yourself from a spider web, spider web grid. Everybody knows that being on Facebook or Twitter or everything else is directly reporting your life's activities and thoughts to the big cloud in the sky where the big all-seeing NSA CIA lives. To really become off-grid and under the radar, you must unplug yourself from the mainstream computer. Remember, there are specialty resources for this. One really doesn't need to get this deep into it. If you just want to homestead and self-sustain somewhere, private and get off the conventional power grid, you don't have to get so primitive that you don't even have a computer. 
but it's not a bad idea to read one of those How to Disappear books on Amazon to get, to get an idea how thoroughly you are connected to society. This will likely be the biggest, I'm sorry, number three is find the right off-grid location. This will likely be the biggest challenge. The problem is that municipalities are often ugly little siblings of Big Brother. It, I seem like they, it seems like they stay up late at night trying to figure out new ordinances and ways to tax or fine you into compliance in everything from size and type of housing you must have to what you can do in terms of growing or hunting or recreating on your own private land. And it gets worse if your land is close to wetlands or has a pond or stream through it. The feds are usually in on the tyranny as well. This is because county municipalities are going broke due to excessive patronage jobs provided by the town officials to their feckless friends and recalcitrant relatives who otherwise would fall to the laws of natural selection by themselves. So many do not allow full-time living on your own property in a nice modern travel trailer, for instance, and restrict you to minimum square footage requirements on new built construction so you pay more in property taxes. And many will allow you if you file special paperwork permits and pay an inspector to have a solar or other off-grid power system, but you still must be connected to the conventional power line grids besides. Obviously, because there's a monthly base charge whether you use the, their electricity or not as long as you're connected. So, this is an important first step. You must determine an off-grid friendly location in which to purchase your own piece of land. These are out there. The problem is they, they're not advertised as such and you have to search them out and find out the local ones. And most of the time, they'll be pretty remote. Deep in the Yukon, you can probably find some land at good prices where there's probably no building codes, also up in the Canadian wilderness. And they say you can find heavenly peace and solitude down in the Bayou County country where the climate might be more hospitable if you don't mind snakes and alligators and who knows what else. So make up your mind only after you decide exactly what the extent of your off-grid life actually will mean to you and how much privacy you can afford. If you are on a fixed retirement income, then that will be your determining cost factor. If you are still stuck in a job that's location locked, then the next best thing is to start prepping for your retirement off-grid location. Or do like some people I know who found themselves a suitable location away from where they must live now, bought at least the land and will begin to steady set up their off-grid retreat as an ongoing project for a future transition. Number four. Get a trust or LLC as an alt identity. It's too complicated to explain here why this is a very good idea for privacy and off-grid security. If you pay cash for your retreat location and have ownership in a trust or registered in a business, this is the best way to go, especially if you are into unplugging yourself as much as possible from the New World Order. Even your vehicles can be owned by the trust or LLC or Nevada-type corporation. And nobody can just check on your property anytime they want to see who owns it. Number five, last but not the least, stop dreaming about it and get proactive. If you're one of those liberty-minded, free-choice, loving holdouts who can't stand all this government overbearing authority and truly don't want to lose every last single bit of privacy, even smart toilets are coming, it would be best to start working on your emancipation from the grid ASAP. Once a few final straws whack the collective camel's back, like the imminent elimination of cash and illegalization and prohib 
prohibition of using gold as alternate currency in favor of an all-digital daily commerce system, it will become more and more difficult to get comfortably off-grid and below radar if you haven't already done so. As this is being written, the UK has the world's first food store where customers use their palm finger vein scans as a credit card and facial recognition scans as identification. China is expanding fast on this. In the U.S., distance radar scanners with biometric facial recognitions linked from your national ID cards, driver's license, holographic photo are being installed to instantly search and identify anyone just walking around an airport or train terminal. So if you're going to go off-grid and below radar, you better get started now. All right, so um, a lot, a lot to take in there, right? So if you're going off-grid to kind of get away, there's a lot to consider here. Um, I like what he said, though. If you're just getting off-grid to, you know, to get off-grid just because you want to start living that homestead life, you don't have to get all crazy on all of this. Um, someone said in the comments section that, um, that even even down in the in the bayou, right, after Katrina, that the federal government had, had come in and really... Uh, set down some uh, regulations and even so much as to not allowing them to put uh, a trailer on their property and not even allowing them to drink from their well. They can water their plants from the well, but they can't drink their water from their well. They had to have city water and city sewer. So even uh, Louisiana might be uh, off-grid. So, uh, or uh, not off-grid, might be uh, off the table if you wanted to, uh, to consider those kinds of things. There was an, an, uh, a video early on in Prepper website. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I mean, it'll come to me, but it's late. And I'm, I'm, it's been a long day. Um, I did find it a while back, and I did link to, link to it on one of, the, one of the episodes. I'm going to have to go and try to find that. But I thought it was a very good... Um, a good video it was it was about getting off the grid and so every once in a while it pops up on YouTube and then it disappears and 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 uh, so I'll need to uh, to find it if I find the name of it uh, I'll put it in the show notes and maybe you can go search on on uh, YouTube if I find the link I'll link to it but to just know that uh, those links go um, they get taken down pretty quickly but I, I thought it was a good uh, uh, video. I remember watching it. Now it might be kind of old and dated now because technology has changed so, so much and uh, so many things. But, you know, you, it was things like you had to leave your, your uh, you know, your whole uh, identity behind. Uh, you know, you couldn't use old email addresses and social media accounts and you couldn't even get on to check them, right? So uh, again, that's over at survivalpedia.com. Go check out this article. There's comments here and there's links that you can check out as well. All right. Hey guys, I just wanted to uh, thank you for being a part of uh, episode 170 and listening uh, to, uh, to this episode, to this Tuesday podcast. Uh, hey, if it was valuable to you, I'd appreciate it if you would uh, share it out. Let someone know that, uh, that the podcast is here. Uh, you can do that on our website. You can, we make it very easy for you to share out on social media. Um, and also, uh, if you uh, feel led to, we'd appreciate any you know nice reviews on iTunes. You can that always helps out. You can go do that. That always helps out to get the algorithms out there on uh, on iTunes. All right. So uh, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. 
Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.